0: Hello and welcome to the thirty-first episode of the Cosmic Egg. Um, I have no idea what I was going to do today. I was going to do witchcraft, and I realized I already did that. Ha! Anyway, uh, season of the witch—I think it was called. It was a couple. It was a Halloween thing, so I covered witchcraft and uh, voodoo and all that sort of stuff. Um, I forget even what episode that was, but it was out. I put it out around Halloween, anyway, or at Halloween. This week, I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, religion. There's a word that nobody really wants to hear. I grew up um, interested in various religions and stuff at a very early age, because I had a few experiences, both my sister and I did, that led us to uh, look into these kind of things. So I started really young. And uh, of course, the, uh, the popular religion where I grew up in Canada um ontario was um christianity so that was my first well I, I think you get that it was all around me from birth right because it was around people and people talked about it now and again and um so uh, yeah i looked into that first and uh, uh honestly i didn't think much of it and i would revisit christianity over and over again throughout my life and um but there was also you know you have to look into all sorts of other religions so that's what i did religions from around the world And um, I didn't really like any of them. Um, And I'm not religious now. I'm 58. But uh, in fact, I really dislike religion. (laughs) I understand why they're there and stuff. I mean, uh, life is pretty hard and uh, it ends tragically. It always ends tragically. Uh, You lose your family members, you lose your friends, you lose everything in the end. But uh, I see religion now much in the same way as uh, I guess George Carlin might have seen it um it's a lift in somebody's shoe yeah it's faith for somebody uh, to help them get through a, a hard life and uh, when they are going to lose loved ones it's a horrible thing to uh, think that you're never ever going to see them again and so um it's kind of where religion steps in from my angle um, and it gives a lift in your shoe it gives you faith it gives you reason to carry on so what i ended up doing is simply go, trying to go back as to the the beginnings, the roots of religion and folklore. So I read books such as The Golden Bough by J.G. Fraser, uh, earliest uh, civilizations, you know, in uh, Africa China, Australia, things like that. Uh, So I became uh, highly interested uh, in the work of the shaman, uh, certain practices of uh, ancient cultures, uh, especially from uh, Africa, Uh, In particular, the trances and um, that they could uh, invoke via dancing and whatnot and chants and whatnot and mantras and all that sort of stuff. The discovery of early yoga, um, not the yoga you see on the streets today, you know, hot and cold yoga, face yoga and all that. That's not the yoga I'm talking about, the original yoga, which is meant for uh, uh, spiritual enlightenment, which is completely different than the yoga you take today, really. And, of course, yoga means to yoke or unite subject, object. That object, by the way, can be anything. It can be a plant, it can be a symbol, it can be anything at all. Um, And the idea is once you're united or yoked with that object, you can um, then receive clear information from that object. For instance, if you're completely united or yoked with your dog or cat, um, you both will have a clear and definite uh, understanding of each other's needs and wants. And you'll be able to basically read each other's mind, you might say, and uh, know instinctively what the other is kind of feeling and uh, or maybe even needing at that time. This can also be done with plants or symbols. Uh, once you yoke with a symbol, it will give visions of the nature of that symbol and to explain what it's about this practice is often seen in um, hermetic systems uh, such as the original um, golden dawn or the oto the ordo templi orientis and such organizations as that some people will be familiar with magic magic uh, spelled with the final k Uh, magic spelled with the final k uh, the definition of magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with the will And it involves many um, practices that uh, center around these types of things and uh, gleaning information from symbols or yoking and uniting um, with various, um, you might even say, entities. Now, when I say entities, I should probably clear something up. The, The ancients, the ancient gods and goddesses, depicted actual forces of nature, right? Things you could actually see, touch, taste and smell. So they weren't like uh, Hermes wasn't a guy they imagined flying around with wings on his ankles. That image was to, it was to provide an image, something that you could identify with, yoke with, unite with, that described the energy in question. In this case with Hermes, it's the mental thinking mind, which is swift and airy and very communicative. So often you'll see birds' wings, birds' heads, Uh, You know, such as in uh, Egypt, where they had uh, Thoth. Mm -hmm. The religions I had the biggest problem with were the patriarchal religions. Uh, Some of them are fairly new, like our newest religions. Our our most recent religions or you know, uh, like such as Christianity is a fairly recent religion. It's not ancient at all. When you consider uh, the other religions I was looking into, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of years older than uh, Christianity. So when you go way back and you go then start to move forward slowly and through time, you can see how these um, religions are actually made up and contain elements of the earlier religions. And the problem with someone who's very religious or given to one particular religion, mine is the only one, you know, you have to be Catholic because the Protestants got it wrong, you know, or the Anglicans got it wrong and the Protestants got it right and all that sort of uh, rubbish. So as an example, the ancient man, uh, to depict a force of nature or a god or goddess, they knew that it was more than just a man. It had to be more than just a man. So they uh, often blended uh, half man, half animal. And the animal in question would depict the force of nature they are talking about. So for example, the power of word or communication uh, was often uh, depicted as uh, part man and part bird. Because birds are well known for uh, amazing communication, such as the African grey parrot, who has uh, a very large vocabulary. As well as the minor birds and other parrots and other birds. They are very, birds in general, are very communicative. So it was um, very appropriate to to depict that force as half man and half bird, such as the god Thoth from Egypt. It describes that power. And so with Hermes, with the birds of the wing. Um, now, in, in some modern religions, uh, tried to uh, erase all traces of the past, so that they would appear uh, unique and fresh. Uh, Christianity almost did that completely, except for one part: their angels. Their angels had wings. So there, you can see that remnant of the pagan ages in modern Christianity, because remember, Christianity is a very modern religion. We'll come back to that. Uh, In Christianity, you have angels and stuff and cherubs, and you often see them with wings, right? And so you can see where they are still using the um, tactics of the uh, ancients to show um, how the angels would bring a message to you. They are still messengers and communicate the word to you. And so they still run in line with uh, Hermes or Thoth, right? And so you can still see those remnants in that religion. Religion changed quite a bit over the years, of course, as people evolved and stuff like that. And uh, it wasn't always a a good evolution, but evolved nonetheless. So we went from a matriarchal period where um, women were held with both awe and fear because there was, of course, a time when all births were considered immaculate births because there was a time when man uh, had no idea that he played a part in pregnancy. What he did today, he had no idea would result in something nine months later. He was probably long gone by then. So, um, so things haven't changed too much today in that regard, right? And so when men discovered they had a part in impregnation and the process of birth, all hell broke loose. And yes, women were in trouble because uh, man began to get very violent with her and uh, subdued her and made her into his slave. And then all the religions, of course, changed. It went from the great goddess to the bearded father who gives birth. Now, for those of you who have studied hermetic systems, I'm not really talking about the, um, the primal force as put out by, say, Chakma, uh, you know, or fire. Um, Whereas the great goddess would be water, and the two unite, and conception is then made possible. When you get the third unique thing from the union of the two unique things, of the masculine and feminine. The masculine comes first in that kind of regard, and strikes the passive um, receptor. So this is the sperm meeting the egg, you might say. The projector hitting the screen. The screen would be the, um, the feminine. The two marry, and you get the image. It's that sort of concept. Negative and positive uh, energies working together. Unfortunately, that is not the way it kind of works with um, society in general has a very, um, not a very, uh, well, if you're getting into religion, it's just not very, if you're getting into contemporary religions like Christianity and stuff today, um, it's not very deep stuff. In fact, a lot of it just gets plain um, spooky to me, pretty scary, of what people um, are capable of believing. For myself, I need proof in the pudding. I need to know that when I hook up all the wires to the battery and it's hooked up to a light, I need to be able to turn that light on and see it work every time. Or at least, you know, some reaction. Um, Unfortunately, with modern religion, um, it's kind of childish in that way where it's a 50-50, take your, you know, whether your prayers get answered or not. It doesn't matter who you're praying to. If you look at the results, they're the same. Now, if you look at Christianity, they um, in the early days they tried to do faith healing and they believed that uh, Christ healed and blah, 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 and through Christ you could heal and you pray to God or whatever and you heal. Uh, people have been putting that to the test for a couple thousand years and it doesn't work. And we know that. Okay, it's been put to the test thousands and thousands of times. So what you're left with today are uh, con artists such as Benny Hinn and um, people like him, evangelists and stuff. uh, As another example. Look at Kenneth Copeland. That is absolute madness. Look up Kenneth Copeland blows away COVID or evangelist blows away COVID on YouTube and have a gander at that. That's what I'm talking about that my friends is madness and so as i continued my quest through life uh, i was faced with uh, some pretty horrifying things in um, society as a whole as a groups as masses and that is a couple of words that come into mind Uh, one is the first one gullibility there's a massive amount of it and the second one is indoctrination and people who will believe the most absurd and insane things and I've got one word to uh, give an example. Oh no, two words, well, this is I'm gonna use the word the, the ark. The ark. Do you realize that there are people out there who actually believe there was an ark carrying two of every animal that kept everything going? Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, okay, that's not possible. Now, when I first heard that, even when I was a child, but by then I was already interested in animals, I found that to be quite humorous. So I knew it had to be symbolic, because it's impossible, it's ridiculous. Uh, It took me a millionth of a second to see the ridiculousness of that. How many species of any one animal there is, it's amazing. There's thousands of species uh, of bees alone. You'd have to go around the world and collect every kind. And that goes for every other animal. So um, yeah, your ark would probably wrap around the earth three times. It wouldn't have to float, okay? (laughs) And you forgot about the plants. You need to save the plants too, because they will drown. Okay? So anyway, so uh, there's a lot of, like, so uh, people who believe that these are actual tales. Uh, In fact, uh, some of the places depicted in the Bible, right, never existed. They describe the land in the Bible. But you can tell it's fiction, because if you look at that land, the architects looked at the land. It never looked the way they described it even if you dig down, you can see that the the earth never moved or was shifted in such a way um, to destroy uh, the land as it was described. So if it was all hilly and this and that, and the uh, architects would look at it, they said, no, there was never hilly. Nothing has disturbed this earth for 30,000 years, basically. So, you know, no earthquakes, no man-made moving of the earth, and things like that. So that many of the places in the Bible never actually existed. They were just like myths and tales. Unfortunately, when it comes to religion, people get pretty dangerous, man. More people have died in the name of God than for any other reason. And uh, this is uh, something else that we got to, uh, I guess, look into eventually. So I'm really not a fan of patriarchal religions. Um, they get very political. Um, <clears throat> they murder a lot. Uh, their whole history is one of genocide, uh, such as Christianity is a history of genocide, All right, If you go back and really look at it. And that never really stopped over the 2000 years, like most recently in Canada, you can look at the residential schools where Duns and Priests were involved in the uh, the beating, raping and murdering of hundreds of children, I mean children, whom they ripped from their arms of their mother, said, we don't like your... Uh, language, we don't like your religion, and we're going to give you, we're going to make you learn this modern stuff. And uh, yeah, they ripped the kids right from their mother's arms. And then they took them, and a lot of them were just beaten, raped, tortured, murdered by priests and nuns. Um, You'll notice something that um, the Christian God, oh, he can't communicate. He can only communicate in the weirdest ways. He's not going to, you know, if three of us gather together, as Jesus said, he will not appear, okay? So everything has to be twisted. Uh, and to, for it to make sense uh and to be used. And that's the problem. They always have to twist things because uh, the God never shows up. Jesus never shows up, right? It's just people talking. And a God would not need a pu- to have a publisher to get his word out, okay? <laughs> he made everything but a book, right? Right, right, okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of absurdities in religion. In fact, religion is, the closer you look at it, the more absurd it gets. It gets quite ridiculous. Um, The most powerful thing and the most horrific thing I've seen in religion uh, comes in the form of one single word, indoctrination. People who have been raised with a certain religion become prisoners of that religion, especially if your mother and father have pushed it on you, have given it to you. Not pushed it on you, but you didn't have a chance. they They fed it to you since birth. Good luck getting out of that. It ain't gonna happen totally. I know one person who went over to Judaism, and um, because they were indoctrinated into Christianity, they drag Jesus over to this other religion that says that not religion says no Jesus is not the Messiah. So these guys uh, you know who were indoctrinated into Christianity drag Jesus over kicking and screaming, and they say he was a great Kabbalist, he was a rabbi, and all this other stuff. When in fact. If anything, he was just an ordinary guy or did not exist at all and was just a a tale. In fact, the King James Version, he is most certainly a tale and a fiction character because he's repeating what other people already did and said. He's like the most unoriginal um, God, if you want to call him a God or character, ever written about. He's completely fictitious and what he writes about has already been written about. So he's he's the most unoriginal person, Jesus, that I've ever uh, probably come across. Walking on water, that's been done before. Immaculate birth, well, all births were immaculate. Um, Healing, ah, done, been there, done that. Um, Do unto others as you would have done unto you. Well, Confucius was talking about that 500 years before Christ, right? So you see, uh, religion is very difficult to deal with. And it only gets troublesome when it gets into politics or when people say, you need to be saved or you need to be this or you need to be that. These indoctrinated people telling you you're bad and needs saving. I would suggest a heavy dose, uh, say Ricky Gervais and George Carlin, get some heavy duty stuff in with those guys because they make it light and they, but they bring out the absurdities and they have fun with it, you know? Uh, George Carlin, of course, went to uh, a very Christian. He was raised Catholic, went to a Catholic school, was taught by nuns. He went to a very special school where they treated him rather nice, which is very unusual because often you were not treated rather nice by nuns who were known to be quite mean. And uh, we're almost out of time, so I'm hopefully going to have a guest on next week to talk about religion from a different angle. And uh, maybe I'll talk about it again, because I really didn't cover that much. This is just a very basic uh, intro to a very deep subject, and uh, it's pretty easy to take up 20 minutes when you're uh, talking about religion. And of course, we're also going to look into the term spirituality, because often uh, people who are spiritual say they're not religious, they're spiritual, and what does that exactly mean? Is there really a difference, and what are those differences? Things like that. Um, things have come to a point where I myself even uh, not sure how to describe my outlook. Is it spiritual or is it religious? Well, it's definitely not religious, and I can't really say spiritual, because spiritual now has so many connotations attached to it that I'm not really even comfortable with that term anymore. But we'll look into that next week.